0: I'm Billy Ray and I'm Joel and you're listening to Tales from Wisteria Lane, the podcast where we give a fair view of all things Desperate Housewives.
1: Hi everyone, welcome back. I'm Billy Ray and I'm Joel and today we're doing episode 9 of Desperate Housewives Suspicious Minds. Yes. So in this episode, I will be doing the outline and Joel is going to be doing the trivia. This is also the last episode we're recording before I have to go back to work, which is weird. Yeah, it's really weird. That sucks. But it's a good thing we've got like three episodes in advance all the time. Yes. Joel, do you have any trivia before we get started? Sure. So it was written by Jenna Bands,
0: directed by Larry Shaw, and it aired on Sunday the 12th of December 2004. The episode title Suspicious Minds is taken from a song by Elvis Presley, mm-hmm. and the 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 French title is Demon Intérieur, which stands for interior demons, and the German title which is Das Gastandis. I don't know if that's right Is The Confession God you just had to like One up me With the titles And of- try and speak them Of course you? I have to One up you all the time Andrea Bowen Who plays Julie Was happy Finally to actually Have a storyline Which had some secrets in it Saying that It was fun to be One of the ones With a secret on the show And I'm thinking By the time the show ends I'll be a desperate housewife Which I thought Was really cute <laughs> We'll see Julie We'll yeah, see Yeah I thought That was a really cute thing And ABC worked out A deal with Halston Where they would lend Dresses for each of the women into wear during the fashion show, and the only dress that they didn't provide was Susan's, which was made by costume designer Catherine Adair, as Susan's dress had to rip. When former Halston designer Bradley Bayou went on Good Morning America after the episode aired, he claimed that Terry Hatcher's dress was inspired by one of his. Okay. We'll get into that dress later. Yes, we <laughs> we'll will. We'll talk about that dress. <laughs> yes, we will.
1: But that is all of my facts. I like that, what was the French one? Interior Demons. Interior Demons, I like that they use the word interior to make it kind of housewife (laughs) (laughs) thing. True, Yeah. yeah. Right, let's get started. Yes. So, Mary Alice narrates that Gabby is waiting for her next great idea, and tells us some of the great ideas that Gabby's had in her life. Her first great idea came to her at the age of 15, after her stepfather paid her a late night visit. She brought a bus ticket the very next morning to New York. I didn't really pick up on this the first time. I don't know why, but when I watched it, it just didn't sink in. And then this also plays such a large factor in the future, so watching this again I was shocked. I was like, oh my god. This
0: is the very first time we hear about Gabby's stepfather, and it will not be the last time we hear about Gabby's stepfather. It's a big... It's the
1: last time you hear about this episode but I would keep Gabby's stepfather in mind for the future. It's a big internal thing for Gabby, that. Oh, who knew? God, looking back. Her next great idea came five years later when she decided to seduce a famous fashion photographer. One week later, she got her career as a runway model. And then her next was soon after when she decided to marry Carlos. Her most recent idea came from boredom of her new suburban life when she began an affair with her gardener, John Rowland. This was cut short by a tragic accident and so Gabby once again needs a great idea. So So, Mary Alice finishes narrating the scene, and it continues with Gabby in the hospital at Juanita's bedside. She's talking to a nurse about how she feels like something's missing in her life, but the nurse can't relate as she sleeps well at night, knowing that she did something that day that helped people. But she does say that she wishes she didn't have to work so hard, and there's, like, continued budget cuts and such. This is when Gabby finally gets her next great idea, a charity fashion show to raise money for more nursing staff. That night, Gabby slept like a baby. And then we have the title sequence. Woo, fashion! Beep, beep.
0: I mean, I've never felt more like this. Like, that scene where she's fitting all the girls for the dresses and you've got that random day player, Betty, I think her name was, where Gabby's, like, standing there and she's convincing her. Betty's like, I can't do this. I look so awful in all of these dresses. And Gabby's like, Betty, you can do this. And that is me with my friends. (laughs) And they're like, Lottie, you can do this. You're going to go to work and you're going to
1: smash it and you won't let people give you any rubbish and you're going to come home and you're going to live your best life. (laughs) I like that Gabby somewhat acknowledges her privilege just a little bit. She's saying, like, I know I shouldn't be complaining, but I just don't feel like I'm where I'm at in my life, which is really relatable. Yeah. And I think her charity fashion show is a great idea. I think it's a great idea. Gabby's got the fashion. She's got the dresses. And all. I think all of the ladies want to feel stunning and walk down a runway, like, at yeah. least once. I think every woman would really like to feel like that. So, after the title sequence, news of the fashion show is quickly spreading throughout Wisteria Lane, but the women aren't very charitable when it comes to latest fashion we then see a shot of Edie at the charity fashion thing swapping labels around so that she can try and get a nice dress to model but she quickly gets busted by susan i would do the same thing <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do girl gabby's fitting a dress for one of the show's models who happens to be john Rowland's mum, helen she thanks gabby for hiring john to which gabby replies believe me it's been my pleasure <laughs> <laughs> Gabby takes this time to get the scoop on John and Danielle and Helen tells her that she doesn't think the relationship will last much longer, being that, you know, they're teenagers No. Edie gets frustrated that all the good dresses are taken and Lynette offers up a dress that has no label on it. Apparently, it was going to be Mrs. Huber's, who is currently a no-show, but Edie says that it's an old lady dress and won't show off her body. When Brie answers why Mrs. Huber hasn't shown up, Edie says that she's probably gone to visit her sister. And then we then cut to a shot of Paul Young burying Mrs. Huber in a freshly dug grave. I mean, this scene
0: opens up a major plot hole because Huber would not have agreed to do the fashion show because Gabby didn't have the idea for the fashion show until after Huber was murdered. Yeah. So why is she even considered and why is she even got a dress? Yeah, maybe they just reserved it for her, but then why would they do that? That's yeah, so weird. You're just assuming that people... Surely you would have some where the women that want to get involved can write their names down. Right. So, I don't know. that I just think that's a, a bit of a plot hole.
1: So, um, Julie receives a letter from Zach, which she doesn't want to open in front of Susan. She tells Susan that her and Zach have actually been writing back and forth. Susan doesn't like the idea of Julie writing to someone in what she refers to as a mental institution. <laughs> but Julie insists that Zach isn't crazy, he just needs a friend. Julie seems to know all the drama at the moment. Right. I'm like, dish,
0: Julie, dish. What What is Zach's saying in your letters Let's like She's got a pen pal Let's calm down Susan <laughs> Like There's no need to panic Yeah It's just a pen pal she's, And it's she's not making even making some Wild assumptions in our yeah, mind Yeah And it's not even like It's some random person She's like This is one notch Above prism prison mail We can assume that Zach and Julie Were friends Before mm. this They're roughly The same age-ish They grew up On the same street Susan was friends With Mary Alice So Maybe. we can assume That Jack and Zuli Would have at least been Jack and Zuli <laughs> <laughs> we can assume that Zach and Julie
1: would have had some form of friendship. Maybe. Even if not, though, they could have formed a friendship after how imperfect she got seeing that place. Yeah. Mm. So Tom is taking the kids to the park to give Lynette a couple of hours to herself. He also tells her that he'll be home all week. But when Lynette asks what happens after that week is over, Tom says, and then we go back to normal? Question <laughs> mark. But Lynette says that their normal had her popping pills and so normal is a bad bad plan. Lynette suggests hiring a full-time nanny despite their lack of funds, but if she doesn't get help soon, she'll lose her mind, and so Tom says they'll make it work.
0: I do appreciate that Tom is trying Yeah, it's
1: nice that he's taking a week moment, off to try and help her out. Yeah, like, I see, Tom, that you are
0: trying and in, in this scene, you're not doing anything bad, you just, you know... He, he doesn't get it. Yeah, he's, he's just... Tom's being Tom, he's being that sort of lovable idiot. But if you can't afford a nanny, then surely that answers your question.
1: Yeah. I wonder if you can move some things
0: around on the budget. Mm. Tom already sold his boat oh, yeah. to get kids into school.
1: God, it's a hard life for them. It's a hard knock life for Lynette and Tom. <laughs> Brie and Rex are at Andrew's swimming competition and Bree doesn't feel like they've really punished him enough. She suggests making him quit the swim team. Rex disagrees with it as it's the only thing in his life that he's passionate about, but Brie thinks that maybe then he'll understand what he did. After some debating over who loves Andrew more, the whistle goes off and they realise that they have no idea what the outcome of this was because of their arguing, and a parent in front of them tells them, that kid you both love so much has just won the race. <laughs>
0: Sassy parent. I mean, clearly, like, your punishment clearly isn't enough for Andrew because the way that he's reacted to all of this is pretty chill. Like, he's just, he's hit a woman with a car. Big deal. It happens all the time. Get over it. Yeah, she didn't in like, my car. Yeah. So, clearly it's not.
1: But, at the same time, when will enough be enough for Bree? I don't know. Maybe when he realises that what he did was actually bad and stops making excuses like an absolute sociopath.
0: But, is it worth ruining his future? Over like Rex's point of this could give him a chance at an athletic scholarship and then that will progress his his future and progress his life so this could potentially like you say ruin
1: his life and will that be enough? Although don't you get people that get these scholarships and because they think they can get away with everything they do really bad things. They do. Like on 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. It's a rubbish show but it's the first thing I could think of. People get a scholarship in that? Well no but not a scholarship necessarily but you know those white jockey kids. (laughs) Yeah no I know what you want to do one sticks up for them and they can't do any wrong even though he like abuses that girl yeah i know which one you're on about he's like which
0: ironically enough mary alice plays that dude's mum really yeah that's mary alice
1: what, the the rapist guy? That his mum is Mary Alice? His mum is Mary Alice.
0: No way. <laughs> I swear, I'm gonna have to double check that now, but I swear when I watched season one, I'm gonna check that up right now on my laptop. It was Bryce, wasn't it? Yes, Bryce. Brenda, Brenda Strong. Strong, I told you. Yes, it is Mary Alice.
1: <laughs> it would be even weirder if it was Brie. <laughs> It would be, it would so, be so in adrenaline. a way punishing him until he does regret what he did is probably the best thing. Otherwise, he's going to feel like he can get away with anything, and he's going to be—he's going to turn into the worst person.
0: That is true, but I also do believe that I do, I personally don't think Bree will ever be
1: happy. Mm, yeah, I think the best thing to do is to run him over, <laughs> and <laughs> we'll see how you like it. Yeah, just like eye for an eye and all that. <laughs> so. John shows up at Gabby's charity fashion event to help out, so Gabby asks him to alphabetize the donation cards. They get into a conversation about his ending relationship with Danielle, which John insists has nothing to do with Gabby. Then Gabby proceeds to touch up John under the table with her foot. Susan offers Helen some help, and Helen clumsily knocks the cards on the floor. So Susan bends down to pick them up and sees what Gabby's doing under the table with John. So the next day, Susan goes over to Gabby's house, asking for an explanation as to what she saw. Gabby passes it off as John adjusting her stocking and says it must have looked weird from an angle but Susan doesn't buy it at all <laughs> well obviously Gabby that's a poor excuse <laughs> it's rubbish like she tells her that sleeping with a minor is illegal and that she is married but Gabby insists that it's nothing Susan takes this very personally as she knows what it's like to be cheated on just like her ex-husband Carl cheated on her She then brings up Carlos and says that Gabby has a husband that adores her, but Gabby says that he doesn't adore her, he adores having her, which Susan says is a rationalisation. I mean, I don't believe it's a rationalisation.
0: No, not really, but Susan can't see that. No, Susan can't see that. I have very strong feelings about this. First of all, when you're talking to John, Mm -hmm. and there's so many people around you, and you're like, You are always a giver. And i'm just like gabby forgot that there are people around they have been asking to be caught and it is about time what line someone caught them <laughs> i know right and susan this isn't about you yes yeah, i've been so judgy i no. i mean i understand susan's been cheated on but situations are different for different people mm. not saying that gabby should be cheating on john because i don't uh, not john sorry <laughs> gabby should be cheating on carlos but your situation with Carl would have been a different situation with Gabby and
1: Carlos and you standing there and saying, how could you let this happen? Yeah, it's so personal to her. I feel like if it was one of the other housewives, scratch that, I feel like if it was Lynette, she probably would have had a conversation with her about it just to yeah. try and see what's going on. Yeah. But Susan obviously takes it very personally. Bree asks Lynette how her search for a nanny is going and Lynette says, it's not going well. She then asks Brie about her rich friends and their nannies and says that she wants to poach one of them from them. <laughs>
0: mm.
1: Bree doesn't like the idea of Lynette stealing a good nanny, but Lynette justifies it saying that if she makes a better offer, then why shouldn't a qualified person reap the benefits? Mm. I mean, that's such a
0: rich person thing to say. Like, when Brie's like, good nannies are so hard to find... <laughs> I love that Lynette looks at this uh, like from a business point of view. Yeah, I, I wrote that. She's so aggressive with her approach and I love that she manages to bring business to everything in her world.
1: <laughs> if this was the office. <laughs> As in, like, her office, not the show. Her office, not the show, the office, yeah. (laughs) Bree's worried about Andrew's sense of morality since the accident, so she goes up to his room to talk to him about it. He quickly hides a partially smoked joint and tries to fan out the room before Bree walks in. She asks if he's reflected on his actions and how they've affected the Solis family, to which he gives a rambling answer as to how everyone's doing what they need to be doing or something. He's pretty high, so it was just really rambly and nonsense. Andrew, stop talking. (laughs) His answer confuses Bree, and then she smells the marijuana in the air. She leaves the room and comes back with a plastic container Demanding him to give her a urine sample She has a cupboard that is meticulously
0: organised This cupboard is so organised with all the little containers Oh no, I I love love it it. If we had cupboard space, you can bet that I would have a plastic container cupboard You would have done that, yeah Mm. I mean, we do have sort of a plastic container cupboard But they're not meticulously organised We don't have the space for that
1: Exactly They're just sort of like inside each other Did you notice in this scene that Andrew has a stop sign above his bed? Does he? Yes I never noticed that! That is hilarious. I saw it and I thought, oh, that is funny. Maybe if you didn't steal it off the street, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Merge. (laughs) I would have loved if Bree knew exactly the name of the strand or something. (gasps) I thought it would have been funny, like on The Office when Creed's like, that is blah 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 type indigo. Yep,
0: right. I don't know the strands, so I can't even make. And then and then Dwight's
1: like, no, it's marijuana. I don't know, if we just knew it, it would have been really funny. (laughs) Yeah, so,
0: yeah, she forces Andrew to pee into that container.
1: We now have a scene with Paul and everyone's favourite doctor, Doctor Sicker. So Paul is brushing blood and dirt out of a pair of trousers when Zach's doctor, Doctor Sicker, knocks at the door. He tells Paul that Zach has gone missing from the hospital. Dun dun dun.
0: How you can allow a
1: child to go missing? Paul is confused as to how Zach could have left the facility. As we all are. Yes, yeah. but Doctor Sicker reminds him that it's a rehabilitation centre and not a high security fa- not a high security facility. He also blames Paul for restricting their ability to treat Zach. Saying that Paul's insistence That they medicate him Without psychotherapy Is a recipe for disaster Preach Okay Dr. Sicky, You're just deflecting now True True true. Like true
0: True Paul is not the best parent Lord knows We've seen it But he Did not give Zach The means to escape It might not be A high security facility But it's still A rehabilitation centre And you do not Just let your patients Walk out Yeah I don't know How he got out No idea how he got out Was it like The Great Escape TV Like a plastic shows. spoon And he's He's so like, check
1: it out. <laughs> or something TV shows make it look so easy to escape from these places though because it happens in Skins as well I mean it can't have been that hard for him to escape because it
0: was easy for Julie to get in yes yeah true
1: he says that Zach is troubled and getting worse and then we cut to a, a shot of Zach hiding out with Julie <laughs> yeah but so... I probably should have just let you finish that scene and then I could have gone on my run <laughs> no it's funny but yeah he's hiding out in um, Susan's house with Julie he is
0: hiding out in Susan's yeah. house with Julie <laughs> but I still don't understand how he escaped that makes zero sense
1: and you Dr. Sicker Uh, deflecting it and trying to pass the buck onto paul is not cool (laughs) So, John is playing basketball with his friend Justin, who asks John why he dumped Danielle. John tells him that she's not really his type, but Justin can tell that John is really still hung up on the mysterious married lady. John says he likes her because they talk about real stuff, but it's all messed up at the moment, and her husband would kill him if he finds out. Justin then tells John that his social status is going to go way up when people find out that he's sleeping with a hot housewife, which John's mom overhears as she's taking the bins out. Justin, ever heard of an inside voice? I mean, neither of them are being very conspicuous with this. This conversation No they're considering not Considering they're Right outside His mum's house Right outside His mum's house And he's like Oh dating a hot house oh, Justin shut up Busted <laughs> Jesus man Shut the hell up So uh, Helen Helen knows Helen
0: now does know She knows that her son Is doing a hot house wife <laughs> <laughs> Having the adult cuddles
1: Oh god Lynette goes to the park to find a top-class nanny. As she walks through the park, she comes across many not-so-good-looking nannies, um, but then she finds a lady called Claire, who is polite and happy interacting with some of the kids, and she knows that this is the nanny she wants. She sits next to Claire and introduces herself. <sighs> This scene was so funny. This scene she was, was so just funny. She was walking through the park and one of the nannies just, like, dropped some french fries and then just picked them up and ate them anyway. This Claire woman is like the holy grail of nannies. Yeah. She's not asleep. She's not eating
0: food off the floor. She's feeding these kids healthy snacks and sending them on their way. She was really
1: loving. I liked her. She was really loving, but Lynette one stopped flirting you, with her. And one for Amy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what she said? Yeah, something like that. Oh.
1: <laughs> um, Claire tells Lynette about how awful her current boss, Alexis, is, saying that she gets her to do things like returning her used underwear and that she can't say no to Alexis as she loves the kids. Lynette tells her that she would treat a good nanny like gold and offhandedly mentions that she has four very lovable kids. yeah, mm, lovable. <laughs> yeah, lovable's a strong word, Lynette.
0: Come on, Lynette, no false advertising now. You worked in marketing, you understand all of this.
1: <laughs> yeah, mate... We call them creative. Yeah. We, I have very four, energetic, crazy, wonderful children. <laughs> Claire then spots Alexis walking over and tells Lynette to leave as she doesn't want Alexis to get the wrong idea. So Lynette asks if they can meet up again. Claire gives Lynette an address to meet her at. I want to meet Alexis. Yeah, we only really get to see her walking over. And other than that, we just hear her in the background. Yeah, we never, ever
0: meet Alexis. She's never a character we meet. But she looks like she would cause drama. She, she sounds looks
1: like a cow. She
0: completely does. And she looks like, I don't know, like a cast member from the Real Housewives
1: of Fairview. Yes. Or something. Bree shows up to Rex's golf course with a plastic container of Andrew's urine. That is a weird sentence to start with. <laughs> um <laughs> I also noticed that um, throughout this episode Brie wears that another damn golf card again. She does, she wears a hideous golf card again. Do you reckon that her wearing a golf cardigan is a visual metaphor just to show that she tries to get involved in her family's interests? Like, show interest in their interests?
0: I don't know. I think we're probably looking too much into it. I reckon that's just Breeze fashion.
1: Yes, but I am a film student, so... Yeah,
0: but I, I, I <laughs> believe that we're looking at them like, that's such a golf jumper, but they're not actually golf jumpers. <laughs> Maybe. Just hit, just those hideous diamonds. just the
1: hideous diamonds with the crosses in them. So anyway, Rex is a middle-class white man, so naturally he plays golf. She tells him she wants him to get the urine tested so that they can use the results to get him off of the swim team. Andrew Lays, sorry. But Rex refuses. She asks why they're fighting about this, and Rex says it's because they're getting divorced, so now he doesn't have to be pushed around by her anymore. Bree says that they always made decisions together, but Rex insists that she made the decisions, and thank God she's going to be out of his life. This obviously upsets Bree, so she throws the urine all over Rex. Oh, it's disgusting. (laughs) Right, it's... It'll probably... Dink as well. It
0: didn't look very hydrated. Oh no, it was so yellow. It was really not very hydrated.
1: Bree was so sassy in it this is... scene, just frying that urine. But he's he's so mean. He is really mean. He's, he's divorcing her, but he's acting like he's the victim. If Ugh. you were my
0: mom, I'd smoke
1: pot too. Yeah, <laughs> well that was such a lame comeback. That was such a lame comeback. That was such a weird thing to say. That's like Rikes. a fifteen-year-old's comeback. <laughs> John visits Susan to talk to her about what she saw with him and Gabby. He tells her that it's not just an affair and that it's actually quite deep, but Susan says it's never going to work and that Gabby is never going to leave her husband for him. She tells him that he's too young for her and he'd be happy with a girl his own age, but John says that he really loves her. Susan gets emotional over this and comfortingly touches John's face. We then see a shot of John's mum, Helen, sitting in a car, watching them from a distance. So she now thinks that Susan is the housewife that he's having an affair with. I think- I think it's really sweet because john
0: seems to think there's more to it than there is yeah john's I, too young i think it's it's very clear that gabby took john's virginity
1: i think maybe
0: because he's grown very very attached and he's like oh it's really deep when we talk about real things
1: and it's not that deep john i'm afraid do you really have real things to talk about john how old are you <laughs> right, you're 15. <laughs> so we now go to the fashion show. Gabby is annoyed that Carlos couldn't be the announcer at the charity fashion show, saying that he had to cancel last minute due to an important work thing, but is happy that Tom could take over with that role of being the announcer. He's loving it. Yeah, he's, he's really loving it. He's, he's, such a nerd. he's meant to be an MC. She helps Lynette and Brie get ready in their dresses and then Edie walks up in her dress as she's up next. Gabby looks shocked and asks Edie what she's done to the dress and Edie says she made it audience friendly. She asks Gabby if it's obvious that she isn't wearing any underwear and Gabby says yes. This pleases Edie and was obviously the desired effect. So Edie has taken this dress that was going to be Huber's from earlier. She's cut it so short. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she she did a really good job with that. If that's what she did to it, she did a very good job. This is peak Edie, honestly. Yeah. Susan then walks in and the ladies gush over how good she looks in the dress, Whoa. except Edie who says it's a bit much. <laughs> then they give Susan the final spot of the show, which originally was going to be Helen's, but Helen hasn't shown up. Mm. This is the dress that Joel spoke of earlier in the trivia. Yes, mm. yes, this is the dress. Um, Before I move on with this scene, do you have anything to say about this dress? <laughs>
0: <sighs> he does. I do. I think all of them look really great. Edie, especially so when she puts the coat on. Yeah. I think the coat really makes her outfit. Susan's dress. This dress does not look good. Yeah, this dress is not great, guys. Like, <laughs> like I, It looks fitting, but ugh, I, I mean, un- tacky. I understand that obviously they don't want to make a dress that's really, really good because eventually it's gonna rip and tear. But you've still got to make the dress look like it's a designer dress, and you have not. There is no hem, I don't care, Derek Barry. You can sit and talk about how there is a hem everywhere you look, there is no hem. Where was the hem? Who is she? Exactly. None. And the purple fray bits that come off of the gold make it look
1: tacky. Lynette and Brie looked really good. I, enough, like, the, I like the top I of it. Brie's
0: dress. I don't like the bottom.
1: Yeah, the bottom's a little bit five-year-old. Princess t- dress. dress. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit
0: but, like, I've bought a princess dress. I love to wear sparkly dresses.
1: I thought Lynette's dress was so flowy and like exquisite she looked, she looked more like a princess than Susan Lynette should have been last it's a shame that it had such a bland colour but it was so nice but
0: they're really pushing Susan as like the princess yeah. Edie's walk down that runway by the way incredible <laughs> like absolutely incredible she is working it she looks damn
1: amazing Edie was glamorous <laughs> All the ladies take their turn walking down the runway while Helen shows up and asks someone to apologise to Gabby on her behalf for not taking part in the show. Susan runs up to Helen to talk to her about the change in lineup, but Helen doesn't care and tells her that there's a special place in hell for people like her.
0: If someone <laughs>
1: took the last spot
0: from me, I'd have that reaction.
1: Well yeah, so Susie 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 <laughs> Susan confuses this for anger about the lineup change and then the ladies get into a slapping fight and they're like grabbing each other, <laughs> which ends with Helen tearing off the bottom half of Susie's dress and telling her to keep her hands off of her son and then it clicks with Susan what this is about. She then gets pulled onto the stage as it as it's her turn to walk the runway and everyone looks shocked that Susan's dress is so torn and Susan looks humiliated. Commit Much to your look, Susan, right? Much to Edie's amusement by the way. <laughs> Edie loves it. This scene was so funny because she's never looked better. <laughs> she's she thinks that Susan is the one having the affair with John, and Susan thinks that she's angry with her about the charity <laughs> fashion lineup. And she's like, "Why are you doing this? It's for charity." <laughs> <laughs> it's, I I love it so much. What scene, Edie? You're so funny, <laughs> Edie. She's you're... never looked better. <laughs> Gabby tells Susan that she feels awful for what happened, to which Susan tells Gabby that she has to tell Helen the truth. Gabby doesn't want to do this and says it's complicated, which annoys Susan, who calls her weak and then walks out. Oh, I mean... There's a lot of emotions in the room, guys. There is. There's a lot of emotion for Just Save.
0: But at the same time, yeah, Gabby probably is weak because she should have spoken to her husband about it in the first place. But also... Gabby's probably quite terrified of Carlos's reaction.
1: Probably, but she needs to talk to Helen because what's happening to Susan is not is fair. Not fair on Susan. This no. is not her fault. Gabby, you need to sort it out. I'm sorry. Su-
0: yeah, Susan shouldn't be taking the brunt of this and being seen as some woman that's sleeping with underage children.
1: Yeah, it's not
0: where you want your life to go. You know. No. Plus, the last thing she wants Mike to hear about is this. Just <laughs> had trouble getting him already. Don't put like an underage affair into the mix. <laughs> That'll restart
1: the whole. <laughs> Lynette goes to meet up with Claire, but Alexis knows that someone is trying to snatch Claire away from her, so Claire says that Lynette has to go. Lynette says that she would never treat Claire the way that Alexis does, and offers her a 20% pay increase, as well as overtime, so Claire agrees to be Lynette's nanny. Alexis (laughs) is treating her like a maid. Yeah. Like, you can hear
0: Alexis in the background, like, where's my aspirin? But also, tell her to, like, return underwear that she's already tried on and stuff, like, yeah
1: She's a nanny
0: Like you're doing all of this stuff for Alexis And the minute that it comes on You're like I don't do this I don't do this I don't do this Where was that attitude with <laughs> Alexis? Oh it's a mess It's such a mess Maybe you were quite naive yeah. Maybe Claire was a bit naive When she took the job with Alexis
1: Zach is counting I've written his money, but he's actually counting Julie's money Mm. because Julie is giving Zach all of her savings.
0: (laughs) She's so kind. Because Zach
1: is planning to run away. Julie wants to help Zach and wants him to talk to her, but he won't let her in, saying that what he's done is too bad. Julie then shows him the blanket with Dana sewn onto it and says, I already know a little. She doesn't really know very much, but it's a good thing to lead with, I suppose. You know, call his bluff. Yeah. Zack looks upset by the very sight of the blanket. So, Zach tells Julie about how when he was young, he heard his parents yelling at each other. So, he goes down into the basement to have a look, see what going on and he sees them cleaning up blood. Julie asks if it was Dana's blood and Zach thinks it could have been. Every time he mentions Dana's name, his parents would get very upset and so he wasn't allowed to mention her anymore. Julie doesn't understand what happened and Zach says that he killed his baby sister and his parents buried her to protect him. So Julie comforts Zach and Zach leans in for a kiss, which looks very uncomfortable to Julie, I might like to add. But yeah, Zach has just said that he killed Dana.
0: No wonder he's messed up. Gag. But now we know dana is a girl yeah or at least we assume
1: dana's a girl is zach
0: that's telling us this
1: brie asks danielle where andrew keeps his marijuana um <laughs> it then cuts to brie investigating andrew's locker at school where she finds a baggie of marijuana in a sock this is in his um the swimming pool locker rooms by the mm. way she's about to put the baggie in her handbag but then decides to leave it in there with a mischievous grin on her face as she's making a plan She's so devious The way she just walks up to Danielle And she's like Hi Danielle How was school? Where does Andrew keep his weed? Yes <laughs> I forgot to say When she walks up to Danielle And asks how school was Danielle seems really sad And she's like It was okay Because I this is the same day That John's dumped her <laughs> And then instantly, where's his marijuana? <laughs> where's, where does Andrew keep his marijuana? Poor Danielle. Why does Brie have Andrew's locker
0: combination? I don't like know. she's got like this whole little like it's even laminated. She's gone full on brew with this. It's like a little sheet of paper and it's laminated and it's got all of the kids like passwords and locker
1: combinations. Either, one, she got this from a teacher or something so that she can go retrieve something, mm. or B, she made it herself because she's a massively controlling parent that needs to know every aspect of everyone's lives. True, because I would imagine that, because surely teachers aren't really supposed to know
0: children's locker combinations either.
1: No, I don't suppose so. Um, Gabby goes to Helen's house and tells her that it wasn't Susan who was sleeping with John, it was her. Helen asks, how long? And Gabby says, almost a year. Giving Helen the realisation that it started when John was 16. Ooh. Gabby says, it's over now. But Helen says, no, you're wrong. It's not even close to being over.
0: Oh, God. What's next? Dun, dun, dun. Come on, Helen. Literally, just when the Winita problem is out of the way. Oh. Gabby's like, I'm finally doing something nice for the universe. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is how it repays me. But, Gabby, you have done the right thing. Yeah. In telling
1: Helen and not letting Susan take the fall for it. For once, you've done the right thing. Yes. Andrew's called to his locker by the swimming coach and he thinks it must be about his scholarship. Arrogant. Oh. <laughs> when he gets to his locker, he sees that someone has found the marijuana in there. Bree then gets a phone call by it, pretending to be shocked, and says that she'll be right down. So apparently, someone put in an anonymous phone call.
0: I do love a little bit of shade. <laughs> I love how Bree's just like, oh no, that's awful. I love Yes, yeah. I'll be right
1: down and she just continues her flower arranging. Whenever she's done something and she's completely aware of it but she has to act shocked, she doesn't sound it at all. She's like, Oh, no, really? All right, then, well, I'll be right there. Yeah. So, a man called Brian Linda, but we'll just call him Brian, is sanding down some wood. Or But Linda. he gets stopped by a couple of detectives, Detective Beckerman and Burnett, who want to ask him some questions. The detectives show Brian some photos of the chest that was pulled out of the lake with Dana's name on it, and Brian says it was a very popular design and that he must have sold several hundred just like it about ten years back. So, so Brian is, like, a very popular wood craftsman person. Mm. They ask if he has any documentation, and he says that he has a list of customers he sold to back then somewhere. When he asks if there was anything in the chest, the detectives tell him they found the remains of a chopped up adult female. But this really, like, <laughs> brings up the question. If there's an adult female in the Dana chest, where is this baby sister Dana? What's yeah. what is happening? What's happening now? What's going on? This is
0: Dana's toy chest. With an adult woman in it.
1: Where's Dana? Where's, where's, where's the baby sister? Where's the baby? What's happening? I'm so confused. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. I don't know. We'll come back to it <laughs> in another episode. There's so much mystery. <laughs> What's going on? Susan goes home and finds Paul on the doorstep talking to Julie. He tells Susan that he wants to see the letters that Julie has got from Zach. But Julie says they're private and Susan won't let Paul have them. Paul obviously isn't happy about this. And Susan says that her daughter doesn't lie. Sure, Susan. My daughter doesn't lie. And she also doesn't make up with killers either. <laughs> I don't think it's right for Paul to be coming over and, for lack of a better word, pretty much interrogating Julie over these letters. I think Without because, per- a parent there. Yeah, it's really, it's not tactful to do that without Susan. Around. No. Julie's a 14 year old
0: girl, Paul. I understand Paul's obviously concerned about... Is he concerned about Zach? I don't know. Because if or he was is he concerned, concerned about, about the secret? Yeah, is, if he was genuinely concerned about Zach, he would have got him the help that he needed. Yeah. But um, no, it wasn't cool interrogating Julie that way. I think that Susan handled that
1: correctly in oh, the yeah. sense of
0: respecting Julie.
1: No, that was a good but... parent moment. I, yeah. I liked that. Good mm. form, Susan. Poor form, Paul. Yes. So Rex is giving Andrew a good telling off for the marijuana found in his locker. Andrew says that the coach got an anonymous phone call about it, but Rex says it doesn't matter and says about how humiliating it is. Andrew walks off and catches a glimpse of Bree sitting at the table. She glances briefly at him and Andrew looks like he, he's just he's just figured something out, like something just clicked in his head. There's like a face-off
0: in that moment. It's like a Western where it's like... Do, 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 do. Yeah,
1: yeah, like a, a Mexican standoff.
0: <laughs> yeah, Andrew knows that it was Bree. Yeah. And Bree's not exactly shy about hiding that fact
1: from Andrew. She's clearly looking at him as if to be like, and what? Here's the thing about Brie, Brienne. um, Brienne of Wisteria Lane. (laughs) She is not a good liar. Really? She's not a good liar. I feel like when she really wants to be, she is. But if she feels ashamed about what she's done, she can't hide it. You can see it in her face.
0: I don't know. I think brie has been quite good with lies. I mean, she's certainly hiding it well enough from Gabby and Carlos.
1: Oh yeah. That that it was
0: Juanita. That's a good point, but she seems to change the subject a lot. She does. When that comes up. But I don't think she's wanting to try and lie to andrew she wants andrew to know that it was her because this is kind of like the whole you've been trying your luck andrew and i'm not gonna let that happen so your dad isn't gonna let me do anything about it but i will do stuff about it behind your father's back this is so try me this is a power play yeah yeah it's andrew now trying to push his mom to be like i can do
1: what i want you can't stop me i've got my dad on my side and breeze there, like well actually try me This is, yeah, it's really intense. You've got this power play between her and Andrew, but then you've also got the fight-off going on with her and Rex, and it's all just a mess. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) I love it! I can't wait to see how this turns out. (laughs) (laughs) So Gabby tries to come clean to Carlos about her affair, as she knows it's going to come out anyway, but she can't do it and just says that she's going to bed, which Carlos has a very rude response to. Police cars show up outside their house, and Gabby says sorry to Carlos knowing Helen turned her in and that she's about to be arrested. Carlos opens the front door to let in the officers, who then proceed to arrest Carlos. Much to Gabby's shock and confusion, thinking that she was about to get arrested. Yeah. Um. She runs out the door after him, and Carlos insists that he's been set up. What's gone on, Carlos? What's happened at work? So this is where all of the frustrating work calls have come to. He says that Tanaka has set him up. Yes, he's, he's claiming he's innocent, and
0: everything will be sorted out, and Gabby doesn't need to worry. I love that Gabby was only going to to apologise because the police turned up yeah she was like Carlos I'm going to bed <laughs> like, and then
1: she sees the police and she's like oh my god I'm so sorry Ugh, what a mess
0: but I, like, I do like this scene because, you know, after Carlos is taken away, I think you get to see how much Gabby realises she
1: loves him. Yeah. So the episode ends with Mary Alice narrating about how complicated people can be. She says that, on the one hand, they are able to form great acts of charity, and we cut to a shot of one of the charity fashion show posters. On the other hand, they're capable of the most underhanded forms of betrayal, and we're shown a shot of Carlos behind bars. She continues to talk about the struggles, and we're shown a shot of Andrew closing his bedroom door in Bree's face. And, like, very openly smoking a joint, by the way. Yeah, he's just doing it quite openly now. Doesn't even want to hide it. He's like, meh. It finishes with her saying that the only way to ward off the darkness is to shine the light of compassion. And we see a shot of Susan comforting Gabby, who cries about the police officer arresting Carlos.
0: Yeah, that's the bit that I was just discussing. (laughs) So I think that sort of shows how much Gabby loves Carlos. And she didn't quite realise it until this this moment where he's gone. Yeah. That he's been taken away from her. Her whole world is just... Flipping upside down. It is flipping upside down, but you can't take credit for this little bit, Gabby, but you are responsible for half of your world flipping upside down.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting, the, the title of this episode is Suspicious Minds, and normally when we go through the episodes we say about how the title has a deeper meaning on the overall story of the episode, mm. but... The overall theme seems to be more about um, the things that humans can do in terms of charitable acts, but then underhanded bad deeds.
0: Yeah, I mean, there is suspicion yeah.
1: within this
0: sort of um, episode. You know, Paul's suspicious of Julie. I think it's mainly coming from Helen. And Helen's suspicious, obviously, of um, Susan, Susan <laughs> and then of, of Gabby. Yeah. But it's it's very sort of, it's not so brazen. Yeah. Like, there, there have been past episodes where you've clearly seen the theme. The theme has been in the title, and then it's been spread all across the episode. But in this one, it's very... It's not so brazen.
1: Not as much. Although there are just... There is a lot of suspicion going around with the ones we mentioned. And also with um, Andrew and Bree. Yes. Like oh, that. okay.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. Maybe it is more obvious than
1: I thought. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I loved the fashion show in this episode. It was so funny.
0: I thought it was so good. It was me. I was in my element. I was able to look. I'm glad you did the narration for this episode so that I could actually have I could look at the fashion.
1: It was just, it was nice to see them all dressed up as well and not just in their casual day-to-day wear.
0: Yeah, it was nice to see Brie not in a golf jumper and Lynette
1: not in a baggy shirt. Even <laughs> though we did see Brie in a golf cardigan at one point of the show still. No, well, yeah. She's wide she keep wearing them. But
0: it was nice to have a little moment. Yeah, we had a looked. bit of a moment. Yeah.
1: So that was season one, episode nine, Suspicious Minds. Did yes. it. We, we did, did it. it. Right, so let's move on to our segment for the worst or is it the best fashion? Best. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to our segment for the best fashion pick of the episode. Joel, who are you going to give this to? I will give it to Lynette. Because I think she should have gone last
0: in the show. And if anyone was to be gushed over in that fashion show, it it should have been Lynette because she looked stunning and that dress was beautiful. And if there was a worst outfit, Susan, it'd go to you. <laughs> well, because right. of the dress. Because of that dress, that was hideous. And what is your pick of worst parent?
1: Um, I'm gonna give this prestigious award to Brie. Brie, <laughs> yeah. okay. Brie was not the best of parents in this episode. She did kind of grass on her son for having marijuana in his locker. And she is also just completely, like, neglecting Danielle. She is neglecting Danielle. Danielle has had no screen time other than, like... A, fi- like a, a quick second long moment And she's just been dumped She's yeah She doesn't really have any
0: screen time Unless it's referencing Or in, in some reference to Andrew's storyline right now Yes It's hi Danielle
1: Where's the weed I think um <laughs> Yeah With what's just happened with Danielle I feel like she probably needs her mum right now Yeah And she's just not getting that. But yeah, that scene where Danielle's like, it was okay. And then she just instantly asks about the weed. Yeah. I found that upsetting. That was really upsetting. But at the same time, Brie does have a lot on her plate. I feel like I should also be doing the best parent award just to make it a bit even and less negative. So sure? if I was to give a best parent award, I can't believe I'm saying this, I would probably give it to Susan. For oh, that, for, for that the moment, moment. Where she defended her to Paul. Yeah. I thought that was really nice. You know, that was good. So that is the end of episode nine. <laughs> Next week, we're going to be doing episode 10, Come Back to Me. So if anyone would like to contact us or get through to us on our socials and look at all of the wonderful promos and pictures that we put up and stuff, where can they do that, Joel?
0: Uh, you can find us on Instagram at boyfriend Friends Review and you can find
1: us on Twitter at BFS Review. Yes. You can also email us. Our email address is boyfriendsreview at Outlook.com, and all of our artwork is done by our friend Louis. You can get him at DocRed Monk Design on Instagram, where there is also a link to his Etsy page. Yes. So yeah, thank you very much for listening. We will see you next week for episode 10.
0: Yes, Bye. see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.